I'm Bernie, for those that don't know me. Uh, I am a worker at the church as the production and services coordinator. If you don't know what that means, that's okay. Not many other people do either, which is good. Um, if I'm sounding a little kind of like raspy t tonight, it's because I was singing my guts out to John Mayer last night up in Auckland. Uh, so, sorry. Um, but no, it was a beautiful, beautiful time away. And so tonight it is my privilege to be continuing us on in... Uh, our Just Jesus series. I realized today as I was preparing for tonight, because I was like, I'm nervous. I don't normally get nervous. Why am I nervous? And I remembered it's been about six months since I've done one of these things. Um, so bear with me tonight. Uh, I've titled tonight, if this is going to work, there we go, uh, Runners, Weeds, and Toast. And hopefully by the end of this evening, that'll all make a bit more sense. But if that's all you do remember tonight, Runners, weeds, and toast, that's good. Um, but we're looking at Colossians 3, uh, verses 1 through to 13. And so what we'll do tonight as a big way to start is just read through these verses, then I'm going to pray. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly desire, earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips." Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is, a, and is an all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Oh, that's, a, that's a good passage of scripture tonight, isn't it? For me, in terms of my processing and digesting of the scriptures this week, I use this image to help me get through. So Colossians 3, 1 to 4 is kind of like your bun holding it all together. It grounds the burger. Colossians 3, 5 to 8 is where it gets a bit spicy, a little bit, little bit dangerous, a little bit meaty, so watch out for that. And then Colossians 3, 9 to 13 reminds you that we're eating a burger. All right? This is the meal we have before us this evening. Get ready to digest it. If you need to take some antacid, now is the time. Let me pray for us tonight as we continue. Lord, where I am not enough, you are more than enough. And Lord, I pray that that be the heart of tonight's message, Lord. May you speak through me and use these words that I have crafted to penetrate the hearts of each and every single person here in this place tonight, Lord. Tonight's passages are challenging and they call us to action. And so I pray that you be with us tonight as we we journey through this as we try and navigate these scriptures, Lord. But I thank you for each and every single person here. I thank you that they came to this place tonight. And I pray that nothing stands in the way of you doing what you need to do in their lives tonight. Amen. 
All right, so at the beginning of this year, I made a choice. Some would say it's a crazy choice. Some would say it's about time. Um, I began to run. I started running. Um, just before I keep going, hey, DeWalt, can you just check that the air conditioning is on? Because it's feeling a little bit hot up here. Sweet. It's just the spicy patty that's coming up later. So at the beginning of the year, I made the decision to, to begin running. And when I made that decision, I was like, oh, this is good. It'll last a few weeks. And I can say that I did it. And, and then something interesting happened. We had a, a, a guy move into our flat who actually walked from his house in Kapiti to our house here in Tauranga. Uh, if that doesn't give you an indication of what type of person he is, he is a marathon runner. He just ran a marathon yesterday around Rangitoto and Motutapu up in Auckland. He did the 100k Tarawera run a few weeks before that. He is a bit of a beast. And his name is Chris Evans, just like the actor who plays Captain America, except he looks like Captain America before he became Captain America. <laughs> this is the guy. Pretty much. Uh, and so he moved into the house and he's like, this is good you're doing this running, but um, you're going to need a, a challenge to work to. And so I'm training towards that half marathon in June, the one around the mountain, stuff like that. It's, it's 21K and stuff like that. Um, and so what I've discovered is since, uh, you know, trying to do this running thing is it actually transforms your entire lifestyle. It kind of corrupts everything. The stuff that you used to be able to do before you can't do anymore if you want to be successful at this running thing. My diets had to change. My routines had to change. I've never gotten up at 6 a.m. more than in my life than I have in the last few weeks. The culture around it has changed. The mental endurance has changed. And even down to the clothing has changed. My running shoes and shorts. I didn't wear them tonight. I was going to. But I thought I would spare you that. No worries, Darren. But I, this whole running thing, it, it, it's changed the way I approach things. It's changed my perspective. I always used to be that guy sitting at a coffee club at the bottom of the mount, laughing at all the people who are running up the mount. And now I'm like, I kind of want to do that. There's been a shift in my mind and in the way I go through my day to day. And I say this because these opening passages call us to something similar. They call us to a change of perspective. I liken it to, uh, you've sh I'm sure you've seen those, those videos that, that go around Facebook and things of uh, people who see color for the first time or hear for the first time and there's this, this wave of emotion as they experience this thing they've never experienced before and their perspective and their understanding of life is changed and that change transforms every other element of their life. What this scripture, these scriptures at the beginning are reminding us of that change that happens in us when we encounter Jesus. That when we accept him as our Lord, as our King, as our Savior, things change. He's a noisy house guest. The goalposts of our lives have shifted. You know, we're into a new life, a new way of living. We are no longer the same. And just like with me and my running, I wouldn't be a good runner if I didn't adopt the lifestyle of the runner. I wouldn't be a very good person who follows Jesus if I didn't adopt the way of life that he initially wanted us to live. And so what the, these opening scriptures remind us and, and tell us, they remind us of what Rob talked about a few weeks ago and Mona before that as well, that we need to strap on our running shoes and enter into this new run of life, this new way of life that Jesus has called us to, the, the, the new life that is available to us because we have risen from death with Christ. 
And as we chase down the life that Jesus has for us, it's going to be a long, grueling slog, but it's what we were designed for. So those changes, those things we need to change, just like with with running, diet, routine, they're pretty clearly outlined in the next few passages in Colossians we see here. And it's not like, hey, I think you should change this. It's like put to death, eradicate them from your life. Let's read these verses again. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. This is the spicy meat patty in our burger tonight. This is the thing that challenges us. Because I don't have to ask, but we are internally identifying things in these paragraphs that we ourselves wrestle with. And we see there at the beginning, put to death. You know what this all reminds me of? It reminds me of the weeds at my house. Our house is very prone to weeds. It must be a Papamoa thing. But I'm sure each of us have had battles with weeds in different ways. You see them rising and so you do the good thing. Eventually, you go and get the weed spray, you fill it up, you do make sure the concoction's all good, you pump up the little spray bottle thing, and then you go out and you spend about three hours. You draw a funny picture over here. Hope that nobody else sees it. And you keep. And what happens is, you know, this, this kind of works. The, the, the weeds brown and wither and they kind of fall over. Oh. They actually make that sound if you listen closely. And then what? And then two weeks later, they're back, bigger and meaner and nastier than before. And so you're like, okay, this is round two. I'm gonna put on my gloves. Not boxing gloves; that'd be inefficient. But the gardening gloves. And you go out and you start ripping them out. You pull them out. You chuck them in the compost bin. You send them off to the green waste dip, never to see them again. And what happens? Two weeks later, they're back again. So you get on the phone and you call the crew cut guy. You're like, hey man. We've got a bit of a weed issue over here. Not that type, the other type. Can you come and take care of it? And so he comes along. He comes with all his fancy tools and practices and ways of removing weeds. And he, he, he spends about six hours at your property ripping them out and spraying them and doing all that kind of stuff. And maybe about a month goes by this time. But then what happens? They start growing back. you got to keep pulling weeds otherwise they will overcome your property you just got to keep pulling them and it's the same with these things we see in these passages here we've got to keep pulling them out some of these things here I, I read and I feel like I've dealt with them over a hundred times within the space of like a month but you just got to keep pulling them but you've got to be careful when you pull weeds, just like when we talked about that kind of little illustration before, you've got to be careful about who you pull weeds with. My dog is a fantastic weed puller, but it doesn't know the difference between weeds and plants that you want to keep. Likewise, in the world we live in today, there are 
dogs and gurus and teachers and life, te- and life lessons and things like that. They're like, hey, you need to clear out all this kind of stuff. And they remove a lot of the bad stuff, but they also can remove some of the good. Some of those fragile, vulnerable little plants that are growing there. So you have to be careful about who you get alongside you to help pull these weeds. The thing that's the hardest thing when we look at verses like this is, is we know the weeds that need to be pulled. And it can be very easy to get up from the couch and go look out the window and see these weeds there, and, but be like, uh, not today. And then you go back and sit down and finish that Netflix series that you're watching. It can be very easy to return to the couch rather than getting up and going out and dealing with the problem that you see outside your window. For me, I know in particular, it can be very easy to let these weeds grow in times of grief and in times of pain, and they can actually appear to be a comfort in times. Because you're like, if the weeds grow big enough, nobody will actually be able to see me in my house. And that's kind of a protective thing. But we know that the weeds don't breed life. We know that the weeds are useless. They suffocate out plants that are wanting to grow. They suffocate out things that are actually full of nutrients and richness that are going to make your garden beautiful and make your life better. These things that that are written about here in Colossians are never going to sustain you. They're never going to give life to you. They're only going to rob you. And even though some weeds may look really appealing in our day-to-day and and when life gets hard, there's still weeds and they're not going to add anything to your life. You don't have to look far to see the results of people who let these weeds grow up in their life to the point of it becoming overwhelming. You don't have to look far in the Christian world. You don't have to look far in the secular world. Things like sexual immorality can absolutely steal people of their lives and of their families and of their jobs. The way we use our words can completely destroy friendships and relationships with our family. Undealt with anger and rage can make you that person that nobody ever wants to walk cross paths with. If you're always after things, if you're always greedy, you're never going to feel satisfied and you're constantly going down a path of excess that never has a good ending. We need to keep pulling weeds and the, and the people we pull weeds with is important and the only master gardener we have at our resource is Jesus. With his help, we can learn how to fight these weeds, how to pull them out in the right way, how to allow other things to grow in our life, how to put these things to death for good. And it won't be instantaneous. It won't happen overnight like those hair commercials. It'll probably take you 60, 70 years of your life and it'll be a constant battle and a constant slog against the weeds. But little by little, they're going to return a little bit less in your life. Some may, you may pull and they'll never return. Others may be a recurring thing that you constantly have to fight. So as we, as we move on from this section, as we look at these scriptures, what are the weeds we need to pull? What are the weeds we know about? What are some of the weeds we don't know about? Well, 
there are things that you'll you'll know what they are and I guess what I'm trying to say here and what the passage is saying here is, well, now is the time to deal. Do not let them overgrow and rob you of the life that you're supposed to be living. Heavy stuff, hey? Spicy, spicy, that antacid, necessary. Uh, so that's the, that's the juicy, tricky, hard to digest part. I want to look at the, the final, final few verses here. Because like a good garnish in a burger reminds you of what, what, a, what you're reading, what you're digesting. And this harkens back to that thing that it was, we're reminded of in the beginning, that call over our lives that you are new, that we need to remember that. Let's read these final verses again. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on this new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of the Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. These passages remind us of the choice we have made, the choice to follow Jesus. And they give us, they lay it out for us, the things that we're supposed to clothe ourselves with, the towels of our lives, the things that are going to grow when the weeds have been pulled and removed. For me, it helps to think about it as if we're toast. Not like done, but as in like physical toast. We were once bread and through the fires of the toast, we are now toast. We are now a new creation with a new purpose, with a new meaning. You don't make fairy bread with toast. Think about that. Go into a children's party and there is crispy Vogel's toast with sprinkles on it. It makes no sense. But in our lives, we, we, are, we are this. We are transformed, but we still try and cling to those old things. We are saved by Christ, but still trying to live the old life that we used to have. We're Vogel's toast with sprinkles on it. Or Vogel's toast with Vegemite on it. That's just as worse. You can see where my allegiances lie. Sorry. But when we are made new with Christ, we are refined, we are transformed, we are no longer the same. These verses remind us of that and remind us of what it means to be that. That there is no difference between each of us. We're made one and new in Christ. It doesn't matter what we're called, what we look like, or what, how we smell. We are all loved and one in Christ. And as we go through our days, as we treat people around us, we do that with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And for some of us, when we hear those words, it's like being punched in the chest because they're the hardest things we've ever had to deal with. They're the hardest things to do. It's so much easier to do the things that the weeds talk about. How do I show kindness to someone when I'm so hurt and so broken? How do I show humility when it seems we live in a world where you have to boast about your greatest achievements? Patience? I don't need that. I can just go get a cheeseburger. These aspects, these, these characteristics are, are, are countercultural. And I am proud of the way that we have responded in this past week with our compassion and our kindness. 
given the tragedy that has taken place in this country. But should that be the only time we actually see this? Where is this in our day-to-day? -day? Where is this in our normal workplace environments as we went through our lives prior to what has happened in this last week? There's no room for us staying the same. Don't waste your life letting it get full of weeds. That was your old life and not this new one in Jesus. You can, like I said, choose to continue to live a life with sprinkles on it where it makes no sense, but you can still choose to do that. But I, I'm reminded of a verse in 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 2, uh, 20 to 22. In a large house, there are articles of not only gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves for the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. So you're a cup. You're always going to be a cup. But are you a cup that's pulled out on the banquets, or are you a cup that they give to the dog to drink out of? Am I going to be a runner who can just make a 5K race, or am I going to be a runner who can run the full 40? Am I going to be a, a sportsman whose participation re relies largely on me sitting on the bench, or am I going to be in the starting 11? Am I going to be someone who chases after what Jesus has called us to, or am I just going to slum it? This, this is the challenging aspect of these verses. It's the call to action. It's the call to say, look at what you're doing. Are you still embracing the old? Or is it time to step it up and take on the new? And as we begin to wrap things up tonight, I'll invite the band to start coming. And as I was writing, I didn't really know how we were going to finish this up. But I, I feel like we, we, if we leave on these, these points here, see what God wants to do. But it's, it's true that when you choose Jesus, you're forgiven. He is enough. The whole series, just Jesus, rings true in that sense. But you'd be ignoring what we're called to in these verses if you didn't actually run after Jesus. My hope is that as we've wrestled with this, this burger tonight, we've all realized that loving a life Living a life like that is like living a life where we've never seen color or heard beautiful music or tasted delicious food. It's just short of what we're supposed to be. So tonight can I invite us to strap on our running shoes, to pull some weeds and to ditch that fairy bread for good. Why don't we stand together as I pray for us tonight as the band comes. Lord, I don't know if what I said was any good. But I know that you are way more than what I could ever be. And that when your scriptures go out, they do not return to you without doing what they're supposed to have done. When your words have gone out, then they're not supposed to return to you without doing what they've done. And Lord, so that's my prayer tonight, Lord, that as we've, we've talked and we've read and we've thought and laughed, Lord, I pray that you... Work away on the hearts of each and every single one of us here, Lord. That you make us aware of the weeds that are creeping into our hearts. Maybe the forest of weeds that we've comfortably been living in for the last however long, Lord. May you shine your light. May you shine your weed spray. 
May you get in amongst and start working on our hearts, clearing them out so that we can be more like you and more like your son, Jesus. I pray for those as well tonight who feel distant from you, who have not had an encounter with you for some time. Lord, I pray that you draw near to them, whether it be through your love or through your power of your Holy Spirit in this place tonight, Lord. May we feel your presence. May may you touch us in our hearts, Lord. May we know that as we go from this place, we're not alone, that you will be with us as we go through this process of trying to eliminate weeds and to run after you and to, to live up to the call that you've placed in our lives. May we know that we're not doing this alone and that we're not doing this without, yeah, without you, Lord. I thank you for each and every single one of these people here in this place, Lord. May they know your love and your power tonight. In your holy name we pray. Amen.